Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag NBA. Everybody say I pushed off. The man was, his energy was going that way. I didn't have to push it that way. Russell was already stumbling away. That hand on his backside was the equivalent of a Mater D showing someone to their table. Michael Jordan and Bob Costas on The Push. The finale of The Last Dance, episodes 9 and 10. The Jazz got a lot of FaceTime. And PK, basically, the storyline is Michael Jordan is unbelievably heroic. Look at this. And to tell that story, they don't really light up the other team. So, Jazz fans are worried about the team getting bashed. No, most of the competitors are held up as pretty good players, worthy competitors. But look at what Jordan did that was heroic to beat him. So, missed free throws or whatever else, bad calls, none of that comes up. It always comes down to the play-by-play of Jordan getting buckets. Yeah, I think the push-off, though, came to a little bit. Obviously, he's sensitive to that yeah. because it's some form of criticism. It's implying that he couldn't have done what he did without some form of illegal act in the basketball sense. But other than that, I totally agree with you. I think what we saw is there's illegal acts all over the place at the end of games, and the one time that NBA officials are consistent, they're not calling stuff at the end of games. They showed Stockton shot, and... Malone's over there giving Drexler the old big bear hug. And then they show Reggie Miller getting free for a last second shot, and he gave Jordan a big old shove. So a little old love tap there on the hip to get Brian Russell. It was a little off balance, but just to make sure he was all the way out of the way, nobody's going to call that because they just they don't call fouls at the end of games. There's all kinds of crazy stuff happening. Well, I think that the uh, a couple things on that, the, uh, the two others that you mentioned – the Jordan push-off would have been the least egregious of the three. Yeah, I can Also, that. it would have been the easiest shot of the three. I would label them Miller number one because he was running away from the basket. Mm-hmm. He had to square up. It was a yeah. phenomenal shot under the circumstances. And then, obviously, Stockton's was a from a longer distance. And then Jordan's was basically, what, a little bit more than a free-throw distance. So, yeah, you're right. I mean, I can't argue that. Uh, during the finale of the last dance, Jordan said he would have been willing to re-sign with the Bulls to chase the seventh title before the team was dismantled. He says, if you asked all the guys who won in 98, we'll give you a one-year contract for a seventh. You think they would have signed? Yes, they would have signed. Would I have signed for one year? Yes, they would have signed for one year. I've been signing one-year contracts up to that. I think signing Jordan would have been the easiest part of the deal to get done. And they don't really delve into it because it's Jordan's story, but... Coach and the GM didn't want any part of each other. That would have been really hard to bring back. I think everything else is, hey, I could have done this. This might have happened. This, Yeah, that over there, that wasn't happening. Well, it would have been able to be accomplished, I think, fairly easily, though. I mean, they didn't have to get together for that long. They were only for 50 games. 
and another deal because that was the lockout shortened season, so that wouldn't have been any big deal. Uh, yeah, but I would expect him to say that. Of course he was going to say that. Reggie Miller, to this day, thinks his team was better than the Bulls at the end. Stockton had no fear of the Bulls. Well, why not, buddy? You should have feared them greatly. I mean, that's just who these people are and how they're wired. Of course they're going to think that. That wasn't news to me at all. And if they would have won that year, he would have thought the following year, too. You never, <laughs> you're, you're thinking, if you go in thinking you can't do this, well, you can't. So you have to believe you're going to do it. So that, that wasn't a surprise at all. Oklahoma City Thunder guard Chris Paul said NBA players want to return to action ASAP. He's the, uh, Paul is the president of the National Basketball Players Association. Told ESPN's The Jump Friday, a lot of ca- hard conversations have to be had, a lot of hard decisions. But with the team around us, I think ultimately we'll get to where we want to. Obviously we want to play, oh man, we want to play. We want to play bad. And I think that's a consensus for the guys around the league. We want it to be obviously as safe as possible, but the biggest thing is we miss the game. So, just give me a date then, because it sounds like you're coming back. The owners would like to make money. The players would like to play. So, now it's just ironing out details. Oh, yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't know how many hard decisions have to be made. Get back out on the floor. It's going to happen. We're not going to be in this thing forever. Uh, Certain segments of the society aren't going to allow it. Others wanted to continue at least until the, the first Wednesday in November, but I think that uh, it's going to come back. Pilot flying Kobe Bryant and seven others to a youth basketball tournament did not have alcohol or drugs in his system. Uh, we heard it was about the fog all along. It sounds like it was about the fog. The toxicology report's coming out, so it sounds like it was all about the fog. Yes. DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. I feel like with the mind of Andy Reid, like anything's possible. He can line you up out there and get 15 yards, which is crazy. He just they go with it. And that's not taking away anything from like the amazing athletes that we got. I'm just saying Coach Reed, he's just a wizard with the way he draws these plays up. That's Tyreek Hill right there. Andy Reid is a wizard. <laughs> it's good. That's high praise right there. You gotta like that. Well, wait a second here. Because he won one game more than he's won in the past, that makes him a wizard. Either he was already a wizard or he's not. I believe that he's already very good. He didn't need one more game to verify that he's an excellent football coach. But I guess some people look at it that way. But for me, not so much. Well, that's why you say what you say about Sloan. You know, that the coaches tried to put the players in the best position possible. And when Andy Reid got a better quarterback and better player, got the best quarterback he's ever had, they won it all. When he had a pretty good quarterback, they were around it a lot, you know, in a lot of NFC title games. It was like four or five in a row. And they went to a Super Bowl. But you get better players, you win more. Newsflash. Okay, yeah, fine. I mean, Mahomes is obviously great. NFL is considering improving draft pick selections in the third round for teams that hire minority candidates as head coaches or GMs. Teams also could receive compensatory picks if minority candidates remain as a head coach or GM into their third year. So now you're going to have people looking around and people like, oh, you're no good. You just got the job for a draft pick. Uh, well, that depends. <laughs> That's a white person's line of thinking yeah, right there. <laughs> right. A lot of white people. In the and, and some people are going to succeed and win, and nobody's going to think that. Uh, but other people, I mean, 
Working in TV newsrooms in California in the 80s and 90s, and you heard that kind of stuff all the time. That was mostly about Latino reporters. And then you talk to them about what they hear and what they think, and this, this stuff just goes on and on. And already uh, Anthony, Anthony Lynn, the Chargers coach, came out, and his quote, and, I, and I'll be paraphrasing it, he's African-American, he's been there, to, uh, he's coached three years now. He got hired right as they made the move to L.A. And he said sometimes you do the right thing the wrong way. So, obviously he's got some reservations about this. He does? That's what I took from that quote. You do the yeah, right thing again. the wrong way. Yeah, yeah. again, I think that's... Uh, it's but that's just PR, you think? No, I think it's depending on your perspective. I think if we can line up a slew of black folk in the media, and they're not going to see it that way. TV pioneer Phyllis George, former Miss America, female sportscasting pioneer, first lady of Kentucky. She passed away at the age of 70, a blood disorder. She died at Lexington Hospital after a long fight with the blood disorder. Phyllis George, a star back in the day, PK. Well, I mean, she rests in peace. I don't know what to say. I didn't view her as a star. I don't know much about her, but understand that she did some television and all that stuff. I didn't really watch it, but uh, yeah, I said, so some sense of a pioneer. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. You, your daddy's son. This ain't my thing, but hey, hickory dickory doc, the mouse ran up the clock, Coach Sweeney's got that drip, and now he's on TikTok. Boom! Clemson coach Dabo Sweeney must feel like he, he needs it for recruiting. He's on another social media app, TikTok. Hello. That was some awful poetry right there. Uh, yeah, but when you built the powerhouse that he's built, uh, you can you can have that and try to relate to those young kids that are coming out of high school and all that stuff. You're always selling it. Former Alabama quarterback Dalia Tangavailoa, the younger brother of former Crimson Tide star Tua Tungvaloa announced he will transfer to the University of Maryland and play for former Alabama OC Mike Loxley and the Terrapins. He's got three years of eligibility left. So, is he going to turn out to be Eli Manning, have his own awesome career, or one brother got all the talent and is going to have all the success and he's going to slip away and we're never going to hear much about him in Maryland? I have no idea. Yeah, me neither. Hey, UCLA is expected to announce the hiring of a new athletic director, Martin Jarmon. He's been the AD at Boston College, will replace the retiring AD, Dan Guerrero. He became the youngest Power 5 AD at 37 when BC hired him away from Ohio State, where he was the deputy AD. UCLA getting a new boss. He hires a basketball coach who seems to be turning it around pretty quickly. That was a pretty good debut year. The football program, uh, yeah, year three for that coach, so we'll see how that goes. Those are the two things the AD is supposed to get right. Uh, yes, uh, I think that uh, with or without the new AD, the pressure is going to be on Chip Kelly. Pressure's on every coach for sure at that level who's coaching football. You know, what are you doing in year three? I get your point, uh, but... I think the pressure would be there no matter what because you're expected to win, especially if your name is Chip Kelly and you were so ballyhooed at the time. It was like, oh, my gosh, when he chose the school that he did, it was like 
they were just blessed with this great football coach and the world was going to change. It would be like Urban Meyer now if Urban came out and said, I'm getting back into coaching and I don't know where I'm going. But the school that gets me, you know, people would go crazy over it. Chip Kelly wasn't to that degree, but at the time, because of his pedigree at the collegiate level, it was such a publicized decision. I don't remember which schools he was choosing from. There was obviously more than that, uh, than the than just one. But he's going to have to win, or sh- at least show some significant progress, which I think is capable too. I don't think that is a total failure of a hire. I think the jury's still out, and I liked it a little bit the way they progressed at the end of the season. But you got to keep it going. You got to ramp it up another level. I think just a winning record is enough this year. You know, because you got to consider the backdrop against what everything is happening. You know, it's UCLA. They don't have the same passion that you're going to have at some other schools. But it's still Power Five, so there's certainly some passion and some pressure there. I think if he gets uh, if he gets to seven wins, assuming that it's twelve game season, if he's seven and five, you know, it'll be a step yeah. forward. We'll probably be here a year from now. Well, now there's on Chip Kelly to do better than that. Because you never, you know, completely get out from under it. The thing about the comparison with Urban is, Urban has now been a uh, a good hire at four schools, whereas Chip Kelly had been a good head coach at one school. So well, Urban's got a little more slant. Yeah. Like you, like you were saying, you know, it's a it it's similar, but Urban it's over the top with Urban. I mean, your definition of a good hire is win, virtually win at all yeah, costs. Right. Others would argue whether State, the last Florida, two right. stops were good hires, but you're looking at it from the win perspective. Which I think is how the next AD will look at it, who hires him. Yeah, we'll have some problems, but we'll win along the way. Yeah, we'll see. And that's an interesting concept for another time because we could debate, it, debate that for about two hours. <laughs> well, we need four. But two's a good start. All right, uh, DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. We're all just kind of in a holding pattern as far as, you know, what the season might look like just because, you know, everything changes week to week, month to month with what's going on right now. So nobody really knows for sure. You know, obviously the MLB just sent over that proposal that we're looking over, I think, right now and having to talk about it soon. But nobody really knows. You know, no one knows what it's going to look like yet. That's Clayton Kershaw. Nobody knows. Major League Baseball sent out a very detailed plan. 70-whatever pages. All the changes that have to happen. Most of them on the indoor side. A bunch of people in the clubhouse for a long period of time. Doesn't look as good an idea as it did about a year ago. Uh, And no spitting, PK. No tobacco use. No chewing sunflower seeds. You sat in a dugout a long time ago. It seems to me like that's a small price to pay. You know, some things have to be changed. But... Spitting sunflower seeds seems like a rite of passage for baseball players. Oh, some. I never got into it. It always made my mouth dry, and I didn't like it. And so I don't know that that is something that is a rite of passage because we could have viewed that on a much higher, more serious level that tobacco was, and we got past that. I mean, if you're going to let that stand between you and playing the game and earning millions, then you have an issue. So I don't think that that's going to be a problem, that I think they can overcome that. And maybe you could just have gum and blow bubbles and put it in a trash can or something. So, But, uh, yeah, it's, it's moving. It's the same thing with the other sports that we just discussed. It's moving towards that, and it's going to happen. Major League Baseball uh, owners, the commissioner's office, putting together a presentation for the union 
And it said that the prorated salaries would contribute to an average loss of $640,000 for each game over an 82-game season in empty ballparks. Yeah. So, so they, basically, the players feel like they already took a big hit because they cut their salaries in half because half the games have gone away. But the owners are saying, yeah, these other games, these other 80, 82 games, whatever it is, they end up playing aren't going to be as valuable as they originally were because we're not going to have people at the games, tickets, parking, concessions, merchandising, all going to take a hit. And the players balking at the second round, I think they'll do it. I think they're just probably negotiating over how big a hit they're going to take. What what percentage of the TV and radio contracts worth? Because that's what they're playing for now. That's where they're going to make their money. Well, there's no question they're going to take a hit, but I don't necessarily know that every single game is going to have zero fans in it for the, in the entirety of the rest of the season. Seems like in a 50,000-seat stadium, you could sell one luxury suite and two seats out in the bleachers. So yeah. then the question is, well, could you sell two seats in the left field and two in right field? And then two behind first base and two behind third base. And really, you could do four luxury suites and space. I mean... So, you're, again, you're negotiating, like, what's the tipping point? What's the balance? Right, and I really think at that point, there'd be tremendous pressure on you to participate in the wave because they could literally see, hey, wait a second, you didn't do it. You did not stand up. <laughs> we know who you are, <laughs> and you are a party pooper. So yes. the pressure to do the wave, I think, goes up exponentially. While the wave is an entertaining example, the fact is when the stadium isn't shoulder-to-shoulder people, which I don't see us getting back to that, but there's some middle ground I think we are going to get back to. But in these empty stadiums, you can hear stuff. So in a soccer game yesterday, you could hear specific trash tack on the field that would make, uh, I don't know, might, I don't know. Now Jordan would probably say it. Jordan said some pretty crazy stuff to Larry Bird. <laughs> but it was a little, it was a little uh, worse than that. So... You hear specific stuff out there. Careful, well, people. Soccer, what more would you yell other than spread out? Uh, I'll tell Yock, but it had something to do with a grandma. And it was, uh, I don't know. Oh, dear. Was, yeah, right? All right, DJ and PK. Golf. So golf's back, sort of. We know June 11th, the PGA Tour is supposed to uh, return. Made for TV skins game. PK, we're going to have to get used to it. I, and I know because we've seen events in, pick up in your Europe. bag, guys. There's, yeah, but there, were, there was nobody in the background. It looked odd. I, I'm so used to seeing a wall of people in the background on the PGA Tour. It was just fun to see the guys hit the shot, walk off the tee box, uh, anticipating their caddy carrying their bag and yeah. having to walk back. Got to go back and get that. Yeah. Yeah. Go get your bag. But, you know, if they're not playing for their own money, I mean, you could just, you could literally feel the lack of pressure. But it was something. It was better than nothing, and the PGA Tour will be better than that. Yeah, I didn't watch it, so I can't really add anything to it. Didn't see one second of it. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener. It's Shamrock Plumbing, 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up later this morning, Dale Murphy, former National League MVP for the Atlanta Braves, 8 o'clock. We'll talk with him about baseball and restarting baseball. 9 o'clock, Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider. He's great at great MJ stories for the last month 
See what he thought of the, the last dance there. All right, DJ and PK, that is coming up. The question of the morning next, your reaction to the last dance. A lot of you already weighing in on that. I'm on Twitter, David DJ James, Facebook, DJ and PK. You can call us 855-340-ZONE. The Jazz figuring prominently. We will get to that next. Stay with us.